Producers note, tonight's broadcast of The Spark with Stephanie James will be the final broadcast of this program on the Loudspeaker Network. On behalf of the entire Loudspeaker family, we'd like to express our deep gratitude to Stephanie for her tireless dedication to the show and for taking a chance on our fledgling network by being our first original production. We wish her all the success in the world. We have a number of other fantastic stories, so we hope that you'll continue to follow us at loudspeaker.fm and on social media at Hey Loudspeaker. Whether you're new or you've been with us since the beginning, thank you for listening. This is Loudspeaker. all want to enhance our well-being, our vitality, our sense of being alive and breaking through things that limit us so we can live a fulfilling and fulfilled life. My guest is Suzanne Ross, who has coached thousands of people enhancing their mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual well-being. Through her books, services, shows, and practices, she activates, enlivens, and inspires her clients, fans, and followers. She fully empowers them to live their best life as their highest self. Suzanne's a compassionate coach and caring mentor who is passionate about healing emotional trauma and clearing mental blockages. She's a certified health and wellness expert specializing in stress-reducing meditation, dynamic movement therapy, and healing from the mind-body connection. Suzanne is the creator of SciSpy TV, a progressive internet TV network that now features nine channels and over 50 shows. She is the author of the UP trilogy, Wake Up, Rise Up, and Lighten Up. So thrilled to have Suzanne here with us tonight as we follow her on her journey to healing, intuition, and the follow-through that can heal our lives. Welcome to The Spark. I'm your host, Stephanie James. I am thrilled tonight to welcome to the show, Suzanne Ross. Suzanne, thank you so much for being here with me. Thank you for having me. I've been so excited about being on your show, The Spark. What a great name. And I just love your energy, Stephanie. I'm so grateful. You've just had such an interesting 25 years as a healer, all these different roles. And I'm so curious to hear about your journey, about what brought you here. Thank you for asking. Yes, I certainly wasn't enlightened prior to my divine intervention on a mountaintop, I call it. (laughs) And so I was working for the corporate world in 1995, and I was back east in New Jersey. I was feeling very misaligned with my true calling as a corporate business executive and also displaced on the East Coast. The East Coast is fine, and it's just for someone from Southern California who grew up on the beaches of SoCal. (laughs) It's just an entirely different energy that I wasn't, I couldn't, I never resonated with. Like, I had a hard time making friends, and I just, yeah, the the pace of the East Coast, and then, of course, like, the really mean-spirited politics in the corporate world, I just found to be brutal. And so I found myself in a place where, I just felt like my life lacked meaning and purpose. It was like getting up, going to work, fighting brutal traffic, getting to work, fighting brutal politics, getting back on the road and 
finding traffic and coming home and going to bed and getting up and doing it all over again and again. It was like, if this is it, I'm out of here. And it was about that time that my parents called from the desert of Southern California and they said, hey, we bought this vacation home. Come on out and visit. I thought, wow. And this was December in New Jersey. So it was blizzarding and freezing. And I was like, fun in the sun? Yes, that's exactly what I need. And so I did. I went out to the desert and I was having so much fun with my parents and sister and just experiencing love and laughter and joy. And then toward the end of my vacation, I started to feel really heavy with this impending sense of doom, like I was going to have to return to my life in hell. (laughs) And one day, one morning, I woke up at dawn and I just threw on my tennis shoes and I felt compelled to run out the front door and run towards these mountains behind their house. And I thought if I just could keep running, like I could run away from my fate. And I ran up the side of this mountain. And when I got to the top, I just threw my arms up to the sky. And I said, I am miserable in the extreme. And I see no way out. And in that moment, I felt the air around me embracing me. And I heard this voice resonate within me and all around me. And it just said, can't you see you've come home? You will stay here and heal yourself and many others. And in that moment, I knew that was the absolute truth for me. And all of the anxiety and depression just melted away. And it was replaced by excitement and enthusiasm over my new life in the desert as a healer. And so for the next two weeks, I just followed the energy as it guided me that morning to go to the local five-star resort and apply for a job in health and wellness. And they hired me on the spot and said, can you start in two weeks? And I said, yes. And then as I walked through the parking lot, I was thinking, wow, this is really surreal. Like I am married and working on the East Coast. And I just agreed to start working in two weeks here in the desert of Southern California in wellness. Have I lost my mind? I was ecstatic though. I knew it was the truth of who I was. And I came home and I told my dad and he was thrilled because he knew I'd been miserable for a long time. I told my mom and she said, have you lost your ever loving mind? She has a vision that I'm living, you know, the American dream with a successful executive husband and we've got the Porsche and the pool and, and I wasn't. In response, I said, mom, I think I finally found it. I think I finally found my mind. (laughs) And that was it. It set me off on my path. I stayed there and healed myself and many others. And just like the voice said, I would. What a beautiful story. And I, I, I just love that you felt it so passionately, so powerfully. As you shared that story, I had chills from my head, literally down to my toes at that moment you were talking about the voice speaking to you. And you knowing that was your truth. And I I always call those chills my truth meter as well. They go off when I really witness the truth or it's in my own truth. That's just so beautiful. I'm curious. You did like major life transition at that moment. Totally. I packed up all my things. I started that job in the desert in two weeks. Like I said, I would. Holy cow. (laughs) So powerful. And so from that point, What was next? What was the next chapter for Suzanne Ross? What happened? Well, I met the love of my life, who I'm still married to today and still very much in love, more so each day. 
(laughs) And so that was beautiful. And that's just, I think it happens naturally when you're really aligned with the truth of who you are, then you step on a path of divine synchronicity where the perfect places, people and things just fall in your path. It feels magical. It feels like you're walking on cloud nine when you're connected in that way to your higher self. And so I took the job at the five-star resort and it was director of health and wellness. And it was amazing because I got to teach water aerobics in like this massive Olympic sized pool with palm trees swaying in the wind. And I remember thinking like a few weeks ago, I was sitting in a cubicle, right? Like I always felt like in my office that I was in jail. I was like, I'm in my prison cell here. Like, I just don't like being confined. And here I was like in this beautiful, bright blue, sunny day, like teaching water aerobics. And I got paid well for it because <laughs> I was also the director of recreation. And so I'd take people on kind of similar to what I do now, like recreational activities in the desert. I loved every minute of it. And then I opened a wellness center. And my wellness center just kept getting bigger and bigger. I became certified as a personal trainer and a nutrition coach. And most of my clients were wealthy, retired golfers. (laughs) I felt like I had 20 sets of grandparents. They were so amazing, but they had free time and they just so appreciated feeling better and looking better. And yeah, it was amazing. Again, such a beautiful story. And I love the serendipity that you speak of. And I think that's exactly been my experience too, in being in alignment then things just show up. I love that you said, you know, the people, places, and things that we need in our life just show up for us. Yes, I definitely felt that. And so many things fell into place during that time. It was like I got married and my parents retired and they lived in the desert too. And we call them the glory days. And my father passed and we have all these beautiful pictures of the glory days in the desert. And I was going to make this beautiful video, but we couldn't do it because it was too emotional. Like we were all crying our eyes out. That's going to play that song by Bruce Springsteen, Glory Days. But yeah, very magical. But as life has its ups and downs, the desert was hit very hard by the crash of 2008. Many people lost their businesses. The wealthy people walked away from their second and third homes. The town became a ghost town. And as it did, I spiraled into a dark night of the soul. And thank goodness for the unconditional love of my family. My husband ultimately plucked me out of the situation. And I moved up to Northern California with him, where I started a whole new life. And so I feel that dark nights can be such a great gift. Because when I awoke from this dark night, the light was more brilliant than it had ever been. I liken it to one of those speed balls. It's you drop it from here and it hits the ground. It's like you hit rock bottom, but when it bounces up, it like soars into the cosmos. (laughs) And that was how it was for me. I stepped on a Buddhist path because my sister was Buddhist. Uh And I found that just to be such an incredibly beautiful foundation for my spiritual path. And I loved the meditations. I learned how to do deep trance meditation with mantras and mudras and even tantra. And that started to really elevate me into a whole nother experience of expanding my consciousness. Beautiful. 
Yes. The Buddhist path for you, is that something that you still practice or have you continued to evolve and expand from there? Continue to evolve and expand. For a few years, I did focus all of my attention on the Buddhist prayers and practices. But then I started to realize that I was everything and I was expanding in such a way that I just... I knew I was one with all that is, and I got so curious just about everything to do with religion and science and quantum physics and, of course, spirituality, but all of the different types of spiritual beliefs and ancient civilizations and just became insatiably curious about everything and started to read everything I could get my hands on. And then I had deepened my meditative practice in so much so that I started to channel and do automatic writing. And over the course of doing that, I started to write um, my books because I felt a calling to do so. Let's talk about your newest, this beautiful book that you sent me. And thank you so much for sharing that with me, this Rise Up 10 Days on the Ascension Path. Talk a little bit about the book and what is the 10 Days to Ascension about? So when I first started to awaken on my path after I had been doing Buddhism for a few years and I started to take these walks out in nature, these walking meditations. And on these walks, I would say the liberating prayer, which is a Buddhist prayer. And part of it, you imagine this golden nectar flowing down from the heavens and filling your body from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. And so you're literally like walking out in nature as your golden light body. I had no idea how powerful these practices were. I was just doing what the book said. And so I found myself starting to shift into a higher perspective of the reality around me. Like I knew I was still in the same area, but everything would start sparkling with golden light. Everything would start you know, glowing with fluorescent colors and there would be a fluidity about it. And it would seem malleable based on my perception. And I started to feel this oneness with everything in creation and getting this idea that everything was consciousness and the water was liquid consciousness and the forms were crystallized consciousness and that there was this life force that was animating everything and it therein lied the oneness and on these walks I started to wonder like what is this reality anyways and who are we and I would look at my hands and I would go what am I made of? And what is this whole reality made of? And it just became very magical on these walks. And at the same time, I became even more curious and I wanted to know how creation came into being. And so I started to get this picture of creation and started to understand this idea from Buddhism that says that consciousness is infinite, that it's a beginningless, endless sea. And in this book, it started to talk about this divine trinity, this one great self that awoke in this infinite sea. And when it did, it recognized itself as a being and in doing so created a mere reflection of itself. And then in this moment of self-recognition, the Holy Spirit was ignited. And so you have now the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit in a sense. 
this divine trinity in infinity, resting in this state of perfect unity. But then they knew they couldn't create an infinity because they needed to have a place that had a beginning in order to start creating. And so they reflected upon themselves and created a mirror image. And this point created a point into a portal between infinity and eternity. And in this eternal realm, they could create perfect things and beings in their perfect divine blueprint. And so the eternal children came into being in this perfect paradise of perfection. But it was existential. Everything is existing. They just are. And so then they got restless and they wanted to discover themselves in a different way. They wanted to know thyself in a different way. And so they also projected their consciousness by reflecting on themselves and they created a mental construct called time and they created time and space dimensions and they mentally projected holographic fractals of themselves into these multiple time and space dimensions. And theosophy tells us that we have 144 soul extensions, 12 aspects of our personality in each of 12 dimensions. And they call that the monad. And so I started to have these knowings about this, a core knowing of myself as a drop in the infinite sea and the entire sea all at once as an immortal being, also as an eternal soul who was projecting these holographic fractals of myself into these multiple time and space dimensions so that I could know thyself through experience and so that I could experience love. Wow, that is <laughs> so amazing. I'm just over here just speechless. You know, it's wow is all I can say. Wow. So it's like your curiosity, your quest for that knowledge. It's like it brought you all the way through infinite time and space and then back right to your own heart. Yes, it did. And I brought that up <laughs> because this is what inspired me to write the book, Rise Up, because I wanted to write about how creation came into being, the divine source of which we are all of. One thing that was very significant for me in writing the book was pulling together religious principles, spiritual beliefs, scientific discoveries, quantum physics. And as I did so, I found the parallels. And when you find the parallels, I think you're really coming into the fundamental truths. I am so fascinated right now with all of this, there's people that have not heard any of this. How do you introduce them to these concepts? How do you help them to start downloading this for themselves when they've never had maybe a step into this more? Sometimes people hear metaphysical and they think, oh, that means woo woo or that's out here. But it's, it's like something that's supernatural. It's in the natural world in a super expressive way. I think of when Joe Dispenza, you know, wrote his book, Becoming Supernatural. He talked about that, like he struggled with that title because he's like, people are going to think I'm totally woo woo or whatever. And guess what? I'm over it because it is beyond the natural world. It's supernatural. So it's like it's beyond just sometimes a physical world in this metaphysical experience. Absolutely. And so what I do 
on the very first day is I just invite the adventurer to step out their front door and go for a walk out in nature. And I invite them to look for a symbol that repeats itself in nature. As they do, they inevitably will encounter the spiral and notice how the spiral repeats itself in the patterns of all living things and beings, everything spiraling out from the center or source. And I invite them to toss a pebble in the stream and see how the water spirals out into expanding waves. And so I invite them to go out and experience this for themselves. The Dalai Lama said, you can read, but then put the book away and go out and experience it for yourself. And so I walk people through these concepts with lots of pictures. There's over a hundred full color illustrations in the book, but also graphics of sacred geometry. And for instance, I was giving a presentation to my students about how do these forms of sacred geometry show up in nature? And I had gone on vacation with my husband to Pismo Beach and I was walking along thinking about this presentation. How am I going to explain to my students how these forms of sacred geometry show up in form? And my husband tapped me on the shoulder and he goes, look, and there were hundreds of perfect sand dollars everywhere. And we had been to Pismo many times and had never seen a single sand dollar. I've got goosebumps telling you this because... It was such a magical moment. The creator answered my question. And in that moment, I picked up a sand dollar and right on the front was the flower of life. And on the back is the tree of life. And so I started gathering up these perfect sand dollars and taking them back to my students to show them, see, the flower of life pattern shows up in form. <laughs> yes. And so as we follow this path, Suzanne, what's the gift? What's the unfolding of this path for us? And so I think ultimately to understand that we are an aspect of the one infinite creator, that we have the ability to tune into our eternal soul essence, and even to see through the eyes of the eternal soul and become the witness of these holographic realities and recognizing ourselves as a holographic fractal of our eternal soul. But knowing that the way fractals work, we're still all of it. We're still the whole hologram. And that's how fractals are. They may be a fractal of the hologram, but they contain the entire hologram. On this journey, you develop what I call creator consciousness, because in the recognition that you're an aspect of the one infinite creator, you realize you're a creator being, and you have the power to create realities <laughs> with the power of your intention. Right. And as the more you understand about quantum physics and the way electrons work, particularly the wave particle duality of electron behavior, you start to understand that you are translating waves in to particles as you walk through your reality. And Einstein said that reality is perception. 
And I truly believe that. And so as we move through our reality to be aware that what we perceive is our minds, intentions, expectations, creating the reality that we experience every moment of every day. Yeah. And I I think another beautiful aspect of that, what I, I love about too, what you're saying is then we are also responsible for our experience that we can step out of a victim stance or some victim mentality and say, yeah, I am the creator of all of this, no matter what's showing up. And that I also have the power to create something different. If I'm waking up and I don't like what this is, like when you woke up and you were miserable on the East coast and you're like, this is horrible. I don't want this. And something called you to go to the desert with your parents. And it was like that experience on the mountaintop, that was it. It was like saying, okay, I can either listen to the voice or I could, you, you could have gone back and said, no, I got to stay with this. I got to do this and not listen to that, not listen to that voice that speaks to us. We'll just listen. So what a powerful lesson in that you didn't submit. You didn't say, I'm going to be the the victim of this old life. You surrendered to the true energy. It sounds like that was so amazingly coming through you saying, all is available to you. If you surrender this, if you surrender this old life, this old paradigm, and you stepped into this amazing experience, it sounds like in this amazing life. About six years ago, I had a vision in meditation that I would move to Sedona. And I'd never even heard of Sedona at the time. But again, I heard this other voice come through me and resonate around me. And it said, in 2015, you and Scott will move to Sedona. And I'm like, Sedona, where's Sedona? I even spelled it S-A-D-O-N-A because I'd never heard of it. Yeah. I wrote it on my vision board because I felt compelled to do that. And then I asked my husband, hey, can we go to this town called Sedona on our way to the Grand Canyon in 2014? And he said, sure. Oh my goodness, Stephanie, as we pulled into Sedona and I saw these towering red rock temples, I was just overwhelmed. I wept, I was speechless and breathless, and I just knew that I'd come home. And I started to have these weird experiences of going into the stores, and like I recognized the person behind the counter, and I recognized details about the store. And I had this sense that I was remembering the future. I was seeing myself living there. And I felt more like a resident when I was here than a visitor. Yeah. But my husband was like, yeah, I work in telecom in the Silicon Valley. I don't think we'll be moving to Sedona. (laughs) Two weeks later, he got laid off. His company was downsizing. Long story short, he got a job in Phoenix. And now he lives in Phoenix during the week. And in 2015, Scott and I moved to Sedona. (laughs) Love this. Love this. Yes. Yes. And so now you're there in Sedona. You have your own radio or not only podcast, but is it radio and television network? Which is Yes. (laughs) Things started to expand for me in every direction when I got here. I started a regular show on Voice America TV called Lighten Up, Discussions with Global Thought Leaders. And I did that for a couple of years, but it was very time consuming because it was a weekly show. But it really helped me to network within our field. And then 
after I was here for about a year and I had been going out into the Red Rocks with one of my friends, Shakina Rose, suddenly one day it just came to us that we were going to create a television series called Supernatural Sedona. And we did. And Supernatural Sedona became Supernatural Adventures around the world and into the cosmos so we could go to different places around the world. In my book, Rise Up, I take the adventure to different sacred sites around the world. I've always been fascinated by the sacred sites and certainly Sedona is a sacred site. And so that led to me creating a whole internet television network and we now have nine channels and over 50 shows. I have a couple of shows on the network, but I really wanted to create this platform for my colleagues too, to be able to host shows on the network. And so that's really been a dream come true. Also, I have a spiritual practice here. And then I take people out into the Red Rock Vortex sites on spiritual journeys out on the land. That's, it's so inspiring hearing how your own life and your journey has just continued to just blossom and bloom and expand in these beautiful ways. And I am so thrilled about our upcoming event that you and I are, are doing together that you so graciously invited me to be a part of the Sedona Ascension Retreat, and talk a little bit about that. Tell people what's in store, what that's going to be like. Yes. And shortly after I moved here, I had this funny thing. My husband and I were driving through Sedona and not from an egotistical standpoint whatsoever, but I was like, I am going to take this town by storm. Yeah, yeah. And I started right away having events. I mean, it wasn't even six months and I had my first event. I've had two events every year since. And so this is my 13th event since I've lived here in Sedona. And so I've really, at this point, refined it to what I feel is the ultimate experience. I was having either goddess retreats out on the land or I would have a conference inside of a conference center. And one day it was just like, combine them. Right. Like you want to have the presentations, but you've got to get out in the Red Rocks of Sedona. Like you're in Sedona for goodness sake, you'd be sitting inside. So now I have all outdoor retreats at a beautiful retreat center, 10 acre private property, gorgeous. Oak Creek flows through it. Red Rocks tower over it. And it's just a beautiful experience to have an outdoor retreat. There's no PowerPoints. People just get up and they share from their heart. We do practices. There's performances by performing artists. There's a crystal bowl performer who does an amazing crystal bowl journey. We do that from nine to one. We break for lunch. And then from three to six, people can go on a tour out into the Red Rock sites with tour guides. And so there's also other options. You can also participate in one of our guest panels. We're having a near-death experiencers guest panel on Saturday and on Sunday. We're having a contactee guest panel Sunday night. And on Monday, people have the opportunity to go on a medicine wheel ceremony, or they can participate in an experiencer workshop. And so lots to do. I like to make it, you know, very interactive with lots of activities. So it's SedonaAscensionRetreats.com. You can check out all of our presenters. Of course, the beautiful, insightful Stephanie James is going to be a presenter. I'm so excited you're coming. Thank you. So thrilled to be there with you and, and to start our journey together. Just really yes. for this connection and 
Thank you so much for being on the show. I'm so thrilled to share this information with people and to continue to share your spark with the world. Ah, thank you so much, Stephanie. And I invite everybody to join us in Sedona. Love and many blessings. Namaste. What's always been so interesting to me because each one of us is on this unique journey through life. And so if we look back on our lives, we can see how we've all had our own magical moments or these moments of epiphany or a time when all of a sudden something became clarified in our minds or in our hearts or something became a sign to us. And we ended up changing our direction or opening to new possibilities or just really taking a new course in our lives. I think it's so important to start listening to our own intuition, to start listening to whatever that sense of higher power is for us, and to quiet ourselves enough so that we can hear that still small voice inside of us. And sometimes it's a still large voice inside of us. We just need to quiet ourselves enough to listen. So I hope that this story has been inspiring to you, Suzanne's journey to her healing, to her wholeness, leaving a corporate job and coming into a place where she is just flourishing and so lit up. It's one thing about her that I absolutely just love, that flow of energy that's fully alive. And so each one of us can have that as we start living a life that's aligned with what truly lights us up, what brings us meaning and purpose in our lives, and we can find that path and we can truly experience what it means to live a fully ignited life. Tonight's broadcast of The Spark with Stephanie James will be the final broadcast of this program on the Loudspeaker Network. On behalf of the entire Loudspeaker family, we'd like to express our deep gratitude to Stephanie for her tireless dedication to the show and for taking a chance on our fledgling network by being our first original production. We wish her all the success in the world. We have a number of other fantastic stories, so we hope that you'll continue to follow us at loudspeaker.fm and on social media at HeyLoudspeaker. Whether you're new or you've been with us since the beginning, thank you for listening. This is Loudspeaker.